This episode of Bend in the E is brought to you by Beverly of the Wolfswood, whose words are, not all who wander are lost. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. We're excited. We are into chapter 11, uh, Daenerys, which is Daenerys 2, I yes. believe, right? Um, we are also talking about, we are in the uh, uh, our, our World of Ice and Fire book, the um, Targaryen Kings. Yes, starting right. with Aegon I, otherwise known as Aegon the Conqueror. Right, exactly. So we went over his conquest last week, and we'll be going over just sort of, uh, it gives you a small bit about his reign. I thought it would be longer, but it's, it's a Yeah, it was a little bit shorter. shorter. Yeah. yeah. Now they do elaborate on some of it in The Sons of the Dragon, but yeah. um, I'll try to pull we'll some get to of that. it. Yeah, we'll yeah. get there. So, uh, all right, as uh, if you want to send us a raven, what's the best way to do that? If yeah, you, if, uh, we wanna, if we want something read on the show, or which hit us we up? have a few actually um, uh, for today, we had we have a we always get a bunch for follow up Friday, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, send those to btkcast at gmail dot com. Uh, you can also uh, give us a call at six one four five four seven two three five zero. Leave a voicemail; we will play that on the show. And yeah, there you go. Little update. Okay. All right, so we're going to head over to the small council. we right. got some show news, but just real quick, Sir Ezra, how's it going? It's going well. I just got through one of the most stressful weeks of my life, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Likewise. One of, so, you know, we're good. We're in good company, by the way. We are. So we are working right now currently on some mead, meat, and cheese. It's true. Yeah, it's being uh, prepared in the background. Yep. Um, so we have that for our patrons. Um Sir Ezra and I do some other side projects. Met some pretty cool people this weekend. We did. Yep, uh, may help us down the road with uh, some suits of armor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, that's something to look forward to. We're looking into that. As I will say, guys, real quick, we've been getting a lot of new patrons. Uh, like, yeah. Cannot thank you enough for the support there. Yep. yep. Um, so for those of you guys who have joined, just make sure to uh, hit <clears> us up <throat> on Facebook, and we'll get your sigils going. Your your Night's Watch vows and all that kind of stuff going. Right, yes. Um, if I send you also a Google form, those of you who have taken the black, uh, I may send you the link to that, and that basically is just a, uh, it's a form where in which you can uh, give me the size of shirt that you would like, um, and yeah, just name and size of shirt so I know where to, to send it. I already have the address, so we're good to go. Okay. Um, we're, we're getting that going. Now, another thing, too, I think um, a big push here is the... Uh, I underestimated the goals on Patreon. Yeah, you know? I did, as did I. And so I think there's really a push now to to get the archery con- uh, competition in there, the drinking game, and the uh, the trial by combat. Yeah, and it has to happen now. So it's going to have to happen. So especially uh, since we yeah. met those folks who can help us with the armor. Yeah, and so, so. I've begun my night training. Yeah, you know, and so uh, yeah, gonna get gonna get that going. So. Mm-hmm. So, okay, all right, some show news for you guys here. So, yep. you know, a lot of this, uh, unfortunately, there was nothing really going on at Not A Blog this week. That is Gurr's personal kind is that of blog. A good, is that a good thing, though? I hope so. I, mean, it's, I think I that would so. be a good thing. Here's hoping. Um, yeah, his mood this week is bouncy. He, he's bouncy a lot. He always yeah. goes bouncy. He bounces back and forth. He does, yeah. 
Um, but so a lot of times I go on the internet and I will search up just things going on with the show. And sometimes, you know, they come from these kind of like almost like clickbait type websites. But here we go from digitalspy.com. Look out. Game of Thrones cast assembles to film final episodes, including some surprise returns. Hmm. So uh, I will say that this segment is dark and full of spoilers. So if you do not want the potential of the next season spoiled, maybe just click the 30 second ahead button on the Podbean app. Yeah, maybe okay. 60 seconds because 60 I might seconds. freak out here for a sec. Here we go. So as we know, a lot of times people will be posting on Instagram, actors, things like that. And as we noticed last week, the actor who played Rhaegar Targaryen um, in like the flashback stuff uh, posted some things. So he, so we get, may get a Rhaegar flashback in the upcoming season. Right. Um, so this week kind of got that again. And we know that they're getting ready to kind of film the last episode and sometimes people online have been saying that HBO may have these people kind of show may pay these people to come in, fly in and just throw people off because they said they they the actors had said that they filmed several potential different endings so that no one knew the real ending. Whoa. So here we go. This week um, it is you can see that. Oh, gosh, I cannot see his name. Tom Walashia and Vladimir Ferdrick. Um, and Vladimir Fudrick is the guy who plays the Night King. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it would make sense that he's going to be there. Sure. Yeah. Maybe for the final episode. I don't know. Depending. We know the Night King and the White Walker army. That's becoming new. Yeah. But uh, Tom Walashia yep. plays Jack and Hagar. Yeah. Interesting. So interesting. Yeah. That I've, This is news to me, guys. So I did Could not. Be. So there's a lot of potential things there i i think a lot of people were like oh my god maybe someone's gonna reveal that he's jack and agar or whatever if i had to take a guess i would imagine that the last episode is almost going to be kind of like an epilogue okay that's my kind of that's where i'm kind of or we're definitely gonna get some epilogue type stuff okay okay and if i had to take a guess i would guess that Arya is heading back to the house of black and white to okay. maybe to maybe do some more stuff there and so maybe we just get like Jack and Hagar is still there, obviously. Yeah. So I don't think I don't think it's like him showing up to, you know, do some major thing. If I just had to take a guess, I would I would say that it's uh him, you know. It's like she runs into him or something. Yeah, okay. Okay. Or maybe a cameo or something. Well, and he, yeah, he could be who knows what role he could play. Yeah. There's a lot of different things that he could be involved in. So So yeah. yeah. I mean I'm I'm interested to see I actually kind of expected that he would come. Didn't you kind mm-hmm. of think maybe he would would see him again? Yeah, I don't think he. I don't. I don't think he, like. I don't think it's like. I think a lot of people like think like super important. There role, are people who still believe like Ned, Ned Stark is Jack and Hagar. Oh, okay, and he's, yeah, yeah. going to yeah. come back and right. all this, yeah. all this stuff. So, huh? Interesting. Well, that's cool. That's neat. So, uh, anything else though from the from that article? Uh, nope, that's it. That's pretty much it. Okay, but it's just it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. That uh, yeah, that they're kind of there and hanging out, and so people, as I said, people do. They HBO does kind of trick people. So yeah, I mean, Matt and I will, uh, Sir Matt and I will be, will coming up with our own. Uh, yeah, we've done a bunch of predictions, I think, for season eight, and uh, we're gonna really sit down as we get closer and, you know, dive into. We'll have trailers coming up and oh, stuff absolutely. soon. You know, like. Uh, so that'll be fun. Well, not soon, but <laughs> right. they'll, they'll be here. Yeah, before we. Know it's it. coming, just like winter. Just like winter. Yes, yeah. right. All right, awesome. So um, that is small council then, uh, small amount of news there. But let's head over to the uh, Maester's study where we are talking about Aegon Targaryen. Again, this is coming from A World of Ice and Fire, correct? Mm-hmm. And so this is uh, 
King Aegon, the first of his name. Uh, this is actually just a very general, it's more about the creation of um, turning Aegon's fort into King's, King's Landing. Landing. Yeah. Uh, and the idea of, of building a wall around it and uh, a lot of hinting at the first Dornish War. Yeah. You know, and what happens there. So, um, what do you pulled a couple of things out here? I think. Did you want to read some of these? Yeah. So this chapter in the in the World of Ice and Fire book is actually kind of short. I have some pretty, I think, important passages. I'll kind of read here. So King Aegon, the first of his name, might have considered the seven kingdoms by the age of uh, might have conquered the seven kingdoms by the age of twenty seven. But now he faced the formidable challenge of ruling his newly formed realm. The seven warning. Uh, Excuse me, sorry guys. I gotta turn this here. We have some uh, onions being prepared. Are you here. about to start crying? And I, I it's uh, uh, slightly affecting my vision here, so I gotta <laughs> I gotta do some zooming in here real That's quick. Hilarious. The yeah. seven warring kingdoms um, mm-hmm. had rarely been at peace within their own borders, let alone without them. And uniting them under one rule required a truly remarkable man. So it was fortunate for the realm that Aegon was such a man, a man with a vision and determination aplenty. And through his through his vision of a united Westeros proved harder to realize than Aegon might have believed, not to mention far costlier. It was a vision that shaped the course of history for hundreds of years to come. Yeah, and so that's interesting. He was the uh, the, the Targaryens that were on um, Dragonstone, right? It, they had always looked east, and he is now the one who sets his eyes west. Mm-hmm. And you do have all of these warring kingdoms, right? They're, you know, they're inside. I think of their own kingdom. There's there's even uprisings and things. This house versus that house, and they're all taking care of that. Um, but he very much decided w- wanted to unite the seven kingdoms, and so. And I, I love how they say that it's the idea that he's faced with the formidable challenge of ruling his newly forged realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's one thing to conquer it; it's another thing to Hold keep it, it yeah, mm-hmm. and, and and to rule it. So yeah, it's not just about getting to the top; it's about staying on top. Well, yeah, and quite frankly, when we start this, he has not even conquered uh, Dorne. There was no right, yeah, there was no one there uh, for for them to, to to sort of go against in Dorne. So um, okay, uh, uh, you want to read the next one? Uh, sure, yeah, if you want. Okay, so according to the history of Archmaester, uh, is it Gildane? Gildane. Yeah. Uh, it was suggested at court that Aegon uh, leave Queen Visenya in charge of building the Red Keep so that he would not have to endure her presence on Dragonstone. In their later years, their relationship, never a, never a warm one, began with... Or Sorry. never warned one to begin with. To begin with. Right. Had grown even more distant. Please, Sir Ezra is and also being affected by the... I'm starting to. I'm starting <laughs> to. The, uh, I'm watching the, you cry over The there, onion's going... Yeah, it's okay, guys. We have a we have a Patreon episode coming up. <laughs> we're going to record after this, and we're doing some uh, onions. Some we, we got some pretty, some pretty pungent ones here. They're being so. cut right now live yeah, on the so, show. <laughs> so it's okay, yeah. So, um, yeah, so that is one thing that we've, um, we kind of know is going on, is that... <clears throat> Visenya yeah. of the of the two wives, you'll have uh, Visenya and um, Rainies and Rainies. Is mm-hmm. that this, he? You know, he loved them both, but he was he was always much more fond of Rainies. Yes, although she was not as fond of him. Right. Well, it, yeah, she's just more playful. Just, right. You know, I think lived it up a little bit more artsy, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and at least that's the feel that you get. But he. Spent more nights with her than he did with Visenya, yeah. right? Uh, 
And I almost wonder sometimes in this relationship if it's like that's it's a way to right keep the bloodlines going. It's a way to like it's 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 a duty to them. They mm-hmm. have to do it, really. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, because later on you get in a situation where they don't have to. I mean, he actually goes against not again. It's it wasn't out of the norm out of the norm. But do you remember when the, it was talking about how he decided to take both of his sisters as wives right. instead of just one? Right. You know. Um, and I think maybe it was because you normally take the older sister and he was closer with his younger sister. Yeah. You know, and that's so, so there's that whole piece. But yeah, and she's also, Vasenia's into some, some, uh, some sorcery, you know, and things of that, of that nature. So, but she very much cares for Aegon. And you'll see that here in just a little bit as we continue to talk about this. But, uh, and she kind of cares about their legacy quite a bit. Yeah. So, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you see that later in the protection um, that she wants to have going. Um, okay, yeah, um, so right here, as the city and its prosperity grew, so did that of the realm. This was in part due to the conqueror's efforts to win the respect of his vassals and that of the small folk. In in this, he was often aided by Queen Rhaenys uh, while she lived, uh-huh. um, for whom the small folk were of special concern. She was likewise a patron to singers and bards, something... Um, her sister, Queen Visenya, thought a waste, but those singers made songs of praise for the Targaryens and carried them throughout the realm. And if those songs also contained bold lies that made Aegon and his sister seem all the more glorious, the queen did not um, rue it, although the maesters might. Right, yes. <clears throat> and again, this is being, being written and told from the maesters' perspective, right? Exactly. Um, so there must have been uh, a, a lot of songs, correct, about about Rhaenys and, and Visenya and, and Aegon and the Targaryens and how great they are. Right. Um, which is cool. So, and, it, and that made sense that Rhaenys is the one, as I just mentioned, who's into that type of thing. You know, mm-hmm. she's more playful, more uh, flirtatious into the arts, likes to admire those things, and that's just where... Right. Well, at, I mean, just, you know? well, think about. I mean, just look at today. Like the uh, just in general in history, the the power of propaganda and mm-hmm. what it does. You know what I mean? So that 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 does that does carry a lot of weight and stuff like that. And back in those days, you know, what's going to be carried around the realm when you don't have you know that kind of transportation, that kind of immediate access, songs, right? Mm-hmm. Hearing stories and legends and right, you know, stuff like that. So, well, I think your next point here, you make. Uh, you know, you say that the it talks about how how the queen also did much to bring the realm together through the marriages that she arranged between you know the different houses, and that's interesting, right? Mm-hmm. That she, that that ability is is pretty pretty key. You know, you could get two warring houses or um, regions to kind of come together um, just based upon marriage. Yeah. Which is actually led to fast forward what happens with Dorne a little bit, yeah. you know, later. Well, you know, and I think I think it shows to Aegon and you know the, these Targaryens when when we we read the chapter last week we talked about how when he when he when he came to Westeros one of the first things he did was he created like okay we're going to create like House Targaryen we get the banners yes and it was then and they put the crowns on their heads that you know they understand the culture yeah. And so it makes it a lot, you know, it's a lot easier to ingrain yourself into that culture rather than just try to destroy that culture. Yeah. Which is something we see Daenerys struggle with <clears throat> right. later. Well, and it's also a theme to the the idea that you're not going to immediately, you know, snap things to your will or to your way right. uh, because they allow the seven kingdoms to still be run and governed by those regional, you know, um, houses. Like, yeah. the, like you know, so they put... 
um, the Lannisters back in charge, right? right. They, they keep them. The Starks are still going to kind of control uh, the North and what have you. They're just all under one king now, mm-hmm. you know? So, and he says that, he actually says that the laws were different from land to land. So as he traveled, if he was going up to the North, the laws might be different there. And so when he would sit in court, uh, Aegon made sure that he knew what their laws and customs were. And he said that was for another king to change. Yep. And one of his heirs would have to eventually over time get them all to come under one law. Right. You know, one set of laws. Right. Well, that's, you know, that's kind of been something that has been, um, this has kind of been an early a theme we've seen in almost every chapter in this book, particularly. And yep. we see it in kind of in, in the main series as well, where we, remember we were talking about. Um, in Pi- in the Iron Islands, how they tried the Andals tried to instill like the seven, yes, mm-hmm. and it worked for a little bit, and then they just got rid of it. Just yep. did, didn't work. And then how you know just how the pact. Okay, we're gonna keep the weirwoods, you know, but it, it, so there it's always like this constant like ingraining yeah. culture and what works and adopting the seven. And even yeah. like even to look at the cha- some of the chapters we already read, where even still to I guess present time mm-hmm. um in the show we, we were watching we were re-watching the show right now we watched the clip of joffrey talking to cersei at the very first couple episodes where yeah. joffrey's talking about how he would what he would do if he were king and how he would demand that the north pay taxes and mm-hmm. all of this yep. stuff and cersei yep. says well the north is too big it's too wild it doesn't right. work up there right and even in the kingdoms we have now inside the the realm it's you just can't do it. Everybody has right. their own cultures. Well, th- that's why what happens with with the Boltons is that they want um, someone who, you know, from that region who could rule that region. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, kind of pass the power, you know, over to another house or what have you. So, yeah, very good point. Um, let's see. So next we have um, ah. So oh, here we go. So they mention again that Rainey's death in Dorne uh, in about uh, ten. AC, which is at, which is after Aegon's uh, conquest or after the conquest, um, and the wrath that followed it, right. um, was felt much was felt by the realm who had loved the beautiful, kind-hearted queen. So just to kind of follow up on that, they make another mention that she uh, does die, and they talk about those that uh, Dornish uh, war that they're hinting at there. So um, yet, despite a reign covered in glory, the first Dornish war stood out as Aegon's one great defeat. The first Dornish War began boldly in 4 AC and ended in 13 AC uh, after years of tragedy. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, that's a long time. Yeah. Right? It's, it, I think the reason, for some, just to make a connection to today, we often in our country and other countries talk about the War on Terror. Yep. And how, you know, it's difficult. That tactic that they're using in Dorne is a very seems kind of could be kind of similar right it's yeah. it's sort of a go in hit it move it's very small forces it's i don't know it's just different it kind of reminded me of that and it's uh it's interesting that that's what took that long and it, i think it ends up being some marriage packs and some different um you know things that help bring that uh but no I, that's the first dornish war yeah so there's there's, there's <laughs> many there are other ones many to so, come um so yeah there's that but anyways that was definitely tough for for aegon yeah all right, last thing we got here. Um, I, have, I have a couple of uh, things here. So I'm going to read this kind of passage here. Um, there were some other things that they talked about. They talked about the rule of six. Did you see? So they in, in they the did. chapter where they talked they about did. they talked about some things that well, Aegon was gone, Visenya yes. um, kind of did. So the rule of six was that you could essentially 
beat your wife with a rod no thicker than your thumb. Um, uh, something about like you could hit her. You're supposed to be able to hit her six times or something like that. This guy, the rule of thumb. Yeah. 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 And so, and then she like changed that and let this guy be beat. Right. Is that basically there was, there was, she could take six beatings for the six different, um, you know, um, gods or deities of the seven, but the, but the final one, the stranger, uh, being death, that final blow should never take place. Right. Because that's just one too many there, there that would, that equates to death. And so, and I believe she was killed by her husband. And so all of her brothers, were allowed to then, um, you know, however many times he beat her or hit her, uh, he confirmed it, the husband confirmed it and thought it was fair and lawful. Um, they were then allowed to beat him that many times minus the six. Right. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, it's just, it's just kind of interesting that they talked about that. And then, um, really the last thing is it talks about Aegon's death and kind of how, what happens there. Well, actually wait, right before okay, that, okay. the, um, See if you can find the part, the Kingsguard. I didn't have my book in front of me, but oh uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, Visenya very much so. Yeah, I have that. Okay, I have that right here. Okay, uh, it was Visenya, not Aegon, who decided the nature of the Kingsguard. Seven champions for the Lord of the Seven Kingdoms, who would all be knights. Uh, so she kind of um, models it after the Knights Watch. Yeah. Um, but the reason she did it was, um, right here. Uh, despite all this. The, so the king believed that his his knight his knights were enough, like his personal guard uh-huh. was yep. enough. Um, when Aegon and Visenya placed uh, prizes on, on the heads, many were murdered. And this is talking about Dornish. They were kind right. of trying yeah. to deal with the Dornish yep. thing. Um, on one occasion in 10 AC, Aegon and Visenya were both attacked in the streets of King's Landing. And if not for Visenya and Dark Sister, mm-hmm. big deal, yep. um, the king might not have survived. It is recorded that Aegon pointed out his guards... Uh, pointed out his guardsmen who was protecting him. And Visenya drew Dark Sister and cut his cheek before the guards could react. Your guards are slow and lazy, Visenya is reported to have said, and the king was forced to agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, she was just trying to show him, you know, look, I, even I can quickly get to you. Now, first of all, Visenya is no slouch. And oh, she absolutely is very not. Much, yeah, she's a boss. She's much more of a... I think she actually... Aegon is, like a, uh, during that assassination attempt... Um, is either wounded or something. Right. She is the one. If it weren't for her, he would not have made it. Mm-hmm. So she is looking out after her younger brother, right? Taking care of him, husband. So yeah. husband. Well, yeah, husband. But, yeah, yeah. Um. So so. Anyways, so that was pretty neat. They mentioned the original uh, seven as well. Uh, I think House Darkland is in there. Do you have the names there? Like that's a that's a name that kind of a lot of them have been in the. Uh, uh yes, sir. Corals. Valerion, the first Lord Commander, Sir Richard Root, Sir Addison Hill, Bastard of Cornfield, mm-hmm. Sir Gregor Good, and Sir Griffin and Sir Griffith Good, brothers, Sir Humphrey the Mummer, a hedge knight, and Sir Robin Darklin, called Dark Robin, the first of many Darklins to wear the white cloak. Yeah, the first of many Darklins. Yeah, yeah, which is which is cool. Uh, I think you've got a Tristan Darklin later or something, yeah. Sir Tristane. Um, now, what was interesting is Visenya decided too they were going to hold some tourney right for this. Really, so they were gonna pick, you know, basically the the best of the best. I, did it talk about how she picked those though? Because I, I thought she said that she didn't want to do like a a regular tourney um, to pick the seven. I'm l- they had to be knights. The king entrusted Visenya with selecting the first members of the order, and history shows he was wise to do so. Two tied, two died defending him, and all served to the end of their days with honor. The white book, uh, white book recounts their names. 
Hmm, might have been before that. I can't remember. Uh, I should have brought my book with me, but I, I have it. I have my book in front of me. I don't. Don't see it. I don't okay. see it. It could be in another chapter. And yeah, sometimes you it, go to the wiki and it pulls from a lot of different things. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Well, anyways, um, you know, because basically from from then on out, it's it takes like a, um, it takes the the Lord Commander of the uh, King's Guard or. Uh, one of the king's guard essentially to there's a ceremony and it's it's Correct. basically they then will bring in their own um, you know replacements and stuff so because they're the ones worthy to really once once they found the best of the best it's that, that they're passing it down now they assess who is worthy to enter you know their ranks absolutely so. yeah okay so I have one last passage here this is talking about his death and kind of what happens yeah he died where he had been born on his beloved Dragonstone the accounts agree that he was in the chamber of the painted table recounting to his grandsons Aegon and Viserys the tales of his conquest when he stumbled in his speech and collapsed it was a stroke the maester said and the dragon passed quickly and in peace his body was burned in the yard of Dragonstone Citadel as was the custom of the Targaryens and the Valyrians before them Aenys, the prince of Dragonstone and the heir to the Iron Throne, was at High Garden when he learned of his father's death and swiftly flew on his dragon to receive his crown. But all who followed Aegon the Conqueror of the Iron Throne found the realm far less amenable to their rule. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's the, yeah, so basically he, you know, besides the issue with Dorne that he had there, um, his rule goes pretty well in the, in the yeah. rest of the other uh, kingdoms and, and was able to hold it well and and, uh, and and create some some laws and build up his... Um, Built up King's Landing. You know, it was Aegon's Fort that he, I think at one point, I can't remember, they had the dates mentioned in there, um, 17 AC perhaps, or 10 AC, he starts to kind of really build the Red Fort uh, up a little bit more, and then they tore it down and started to build by stone, and I think that's when you get the designers, you know, right, coming correct. in there, and they, it's got secret passage passageways and uh, all that good stuff, which we will get into later. It wasn't mentioned Absolutely, in this yeah. part, but... Uh, yeah, this chapter actually, cool. I was surprised at how short it was. Me too. The, I think it's because um, there's not a lot that about construction. Him. Yeah, will continue, and then they talk about it later on. Yeah, um, and also the one thing that they did mention in this that was kind of neat was was the rating that he was concerned about ruling his people and keeping his people safe. Right. So I thought that was pretty huge. I mean, yep. people, the the small folk, right, are singing their, per, their their praises. I think they were good to people. Yeah. Um, and you could see when he would conquer different, you know. Uh, kingdoms, if you were just to if you bend the knee, absolutely. Then he yeah. then he's willing to give you back your uh, your seat and help you. You help me govern, and you you're but you're gonna listen to what I say. You're gonna yeah. fall in line, absolutely. Um, and he showed that he was a good, competent ruler. And he builds that wall around King's Landing to kind of keep the raiding and the pirates out because they had raided somewhere. Right. Well, uh, was it the Summer Islands? I think. Mm-hmm. And they had gotten thousands of people from a city, these pirates, and they had sold them into slavery. And he's like, not my people. It's not going to happen. Because yeah. the small folk, people in the area were coming to him. Uh, they were, you know, this city was growing. King's Landing was, was growing and growing and growing. And he actually left room for it to grow and put, a, put the walls out even further than where the city was. Um, foreseeing that it would grow. Yeah. So, which was cool. Yeah, and uh, and the other thing is that we will definitely come back to Aegon the Conqueror because he is mentioned a lot just throughout the main series. And later this year when Fire and Blood comes out, I'm guessing we're going to get a ton more backstory on him. For sure. And it's going to be a lot more expansive. And and potentially, you know, the one of the prequels is going to be Aegon's Conquest. So, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, okay. 
All right, I think that's it for uh, the Maester's study. That was a good one. Um, let's jump into the reread for this week. Uh, we are on chapter 11, uh, Daenerys 2, but let's recap chapter 10, uh, John 2. Yes. Uh, the whores were wailing. I <laughs> The alliteration there. Uh, when Tyrion Lannister announced that he was intending to go north to the Wall... Um, now wait a second. Is that? I think uh, I think we didn't. I think we didn't update it, sir. Ezra, I was gonna say. I had <laughs> you copy that. So John, let's. That is not the one we want. So let's see. Last chapter then with John. Um, oh, let's see. He was John. Give, John's go, giving Arya needle, and he's visiting Bran. Right, and he goes up to. Yeah, he has the confrontation yes. with with Catelyn, and basically, um, that doesn't go. As you, as we would, as he Correct. wanted it to go, but uh, he's finding saying goodbye is harder and harder, uh, and yeah, he ends up giving um, Arya needle, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was kind of a shorter goodbye. chapter. Yeah, it was short. He says goodbye to Rob too, which is emo- which is you know emotional. It's the last time he sees Rob, and 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 takes off there. So, okay, now the summary um, for Daenerys two. Um, we have we've broken this down into three uh, different uh, t- uh, headings here. We've got Danny's dream, the wedding, and the th- the Tothraki bedding ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, so Danny is um, is having a dream about the uh, the dragon, the, the mm-hmm. possibly uh, I almost want to say the dragon reborn, but that's another series. That is another series. <laughs> um, so uh, she's having her dream, and uh, it's not a good dream. We'll get, we'll get into that. Yeah. And she is at her wedding ceremony. And uh, a doll wedding uh, would be uh, three uh, or less killed. Yeah. Uh, that does not happen. This is yeah. not a doll wedding. And uh, Danny then has an intimate scene with her new husband, Kyle Drogo. Yeah, and we talked a little bit about that last week. It was kind of our Send the Raven. And uh, we just watched the that episode today. And it's you know quite different in the book and the show. We're going to be doing book show comparisons, but I'm sure we'll, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit here. But I'll go ahead. We'll go ahead and start with the dream here. I have the... Um, I have the the, it, the clip pulled up. I have the passage mm-hmm. pulled up. Okay. Yet that night she dreamt of one. Viserys was hitting her, hurting her. She was naked, clumsy with fear. She ran from him, but her body seemed thick and ungainly. He struck her again. She stumbled and fell. You woke the dragon, he screamed as he kicked her. You woke the dragon. You woke the dragon. Her thighs were slick with blood. She closed her eyes and whimpered. And if in answer, there was a hideous uh, ripping sound and the cracking of some great fire. When she looked again, Viserys was gone. Great columns of flame rose all around, and in the midst of them was the dragon. It turned its giant head slowly. With its molten, When its molten eyes found her, she woke, shaking and covered with a fine sheen of sweat. She had never been so afraid until the day of her wedding came at last. Right. And I think that actually says a lot, right? Yes. So Viserys is always talking about the uh, you know waking don't, the dragon, right? Don't wake the dragon, etc. No, I think it's time to yes. to wake the dragon, and I mm-hmm. think she she did. Um, and she's dreaming about being hurt and the things that happened to her, and she's nervous and she's afraid. Uh, and the dragon comes to her aid yes. in this dream, yeah. and uh, she's afraid, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, just because it's it is. It's always been something that the connotation has always been be be afraid and be scared of this, and then this is one of the first times. Well, this is this is Danny too, um, but one of the first times I guess where you start to hear her really embody her Targaryen heritage. Right, I am the blood of the dragon. Right, right? she says that how many times in this? Quite a few, and uh, it's it's interesting. So I, I think she's starting to kind of uh, be emboldened, right, a little bit, and and uh, really, you know. Take this mantle on, I guess. Yeah. Now, right before that, 
the the piece here that I wanted to kind of mention was that uh, I, I never really when I first read this didn't quite get this. After the ceremony, there there's a process here. They yeah. actually have to take her um, to uh, Vase Dothrak. Right? Yes, Did I say that right. Close Vase enough. Dothrak. You know the, the interesting thing is that um, Sir Ezra and I listened to the audiobook. Yeah, and I there's a lot of different pronunciations between the show and uh, the books. And at least the way the audiobook is portrayed. Yeah. Like things like he calls, um, like he almost calls her like, it's almost like Brian, the way he, uh, he pronounces Brienne of Tarth. <laughs> right, yeah, right, or right. like, Bri- you know, like it's just, it's so it's, it's always, it's always throwing us off. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but I believe, yeah, Vaith Dothrak is, okay. is worth, yeah. Yeah. And um, so, so that's actually a place where um, uh, the, the, the wives of all the old, um, you know, uh, calls of, are, are, are at, the cows are at. They, Basically, like she has to, I guess, get their approval. Is that mm-hmm. what is that what it is? Yeah, you know. So they're gonna take it's their holy city. Yes, is basically what it is, and they're not they're not allowed to take weapons in, etc., uh, and and stuff. So I never really knew where they were like marching to. You know right. what I mean? Uh, and somebody was asking me the other day, like, what are they going back to? You know, Khal Drogo's um, house or something? So yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that, that is that is kind of a that is kind of a, a interesting thing. Is uh, I you know recently I recently just plowed through the first book, mm-hmm. and it. it in the show, Maester Lirio says to uh, Viserys, Viserys is like, why aren't we, why aren't we going the right way? Like, I want to, like, I want my army. I want it now. Right, right. When will we march? And uh, Maester, or Maester, Magister mm-hmm. Lirio yeah. says when, you know, it favors war. Yeah, when there's signs and their omens, Correct. right? Yeah. yeah, that's actually, I think, uh, they, did they mention that in this chapter, actually? Yeah. I think they do, don't they? Uh, or maybe that was the show. We just maybe watched it was the it. show. Yeah. yeah, he's like he's like piss on their omens, right? Piss yeah. on Dothraki omens. Um, well, here's a bit about uh, Viserys just ba- basically being kind of uh, uh, just arrogant over right, whatever. Yeah. So he's talking to to Jorah, right, um, about how they're traveling um, to Dothrak, and you know he he is telling him to to be patient, Your Grace. The Dothraki are true to their word. Uh, but they do things in their own time. A lesser man may beg for a favor from the call, but must never presume to berate him. Viserys um, was, was upset about that. Uh, he said, guard your tongue, Mormont, or I'll have it cut out. Um, I am no lesser man. I am the rightful lord of the seven kingdoms. The dragon does not beg. Yes. I just put next to that ironic because he's called the beggar king. Exactly. You know. Um, and I think it's just, it's interesting. That is exactly what he's doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is begging for an army and he's, he's wanting them to go this way or that way. Right. So, yeah. you know, I, uh, not to jump down a rabbit hole here. Yeah. I, I, I'm a, but, uh, totally but in favor. Do, but of we that. do that. And maybe, uh, maybe it's, maybe it's in the books and I'm, and I'm missing something, but you know, I still find this, I, I, we were talking about this earlier. I kind of find this whole bit interesting. Yeah. Why do Viserys and Magister Illyrio let Daenerys be sold to Khal Drogo. Well, married to, married to, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. That's what I mean, yeah. Um, do they honestly believe that they could convince him to actually mark? Because I think their idea would be, hey, we're going to put a Targaryen back on the throne. Yeah. Well, and I think perhaps he really will. I mean, if they are true to their word, they actually eventually will give him this army. But he wants it like immediately like right. two days into the marriage right um whereas they're they're all trying to give him counsel like you have to wait and i think you know what's what's a few more 
you know, months or, you know, right. years. You've waited, you know, for your whole life. Um, and, you know, we need their, they need to, they have their own way of doing things, their, their own procedure. They've never crossed the narrow sea, you know, yeah. and so that's just not something they're comfortable with. So you're going to have to really, uh, they have, they have no idea what their history is over there. The Targaryens, they don't, they don't really care, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think part of it was, this is one way to do it because you have the younger sister who is not necessarily the next like the heir, right? Correct, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, maybe we could try this route and get her brother an army or what have you. But then with Viserys, you still have him. He's still an eligible bachelor. He could still marry and do another house or, you know, he could, if he just marries his sister, you know, then what do they have? They have nothing together. Yeah. Right? So if he has, if his sister is married to, you know, a very powerful um, Khal Drogo, then that's cool. But he himself needs to make an alliance elsewhere. I, if I were Illyrio, that's what I'd be working towards. You know right. what I mean? And maybe they were. Right. Maybe there's just a way in which they're they're handling. Yeah, you know, I, guess, I, guess, very, I guess for me, maybe it's because, well, Cal Drago has, you know, an army that's reported of like 100,000. Yeah. Correct. But it seems to me, Magister, uh, Magister Illyrio seems like a pretty wealthy guy. Don't you think that just hiring like an enormous army of swords might be an easier way to get a bigger to get a big army well and they are actually what's very interesting is that Illyrio is doing that with Aegon exactly which is very interesting when you read this now and you think about it how is it that did, did, did they not know did they keep those two those those two separate from the uh either you know a, is it actually Aegon correct yeah. um you know or is it a black fire that they're that they're putting up but John Connington is, has him and so I believe Illyrio is the one working with, yeah. with them and, and sets them up and actually gives them instructions to go hire the Golden Company and to the, the second yeah. son, the, the different, I can't remember which one it is, uh, that they go to hire. But uh, yeah, you know, that is very interesting. And now he does have a lot of money, but think, you know, um, Khal Drogo comes along and they've been, just to avoid war and stuff, they have to give a few presents and gifts and slaves and money and stuff. So uh, and it's it's an, it's a peaceful sort of like here yeah. you go you're maybe good. maybe it's just they're kind of you know because varies always says you know I, I try to do what's best for the realm yeah and so maybe he's just kind of like well i kind of got this project over here this project right. over here because i don't yes. believe that very specifically is like well i want viserys on the throne or i want daenerys no i think the they think he's i think competent and yeah he's, yeah yeah it's just sure. it's just one thing i've always kind of thought about and i don't see a lot of people asking questions about it that's a great question and so hopefully uh that answers some questions for some other people as we i you know we try to answer questions yeah. ourselves sometimes we go down a rabbit hole and we actually pull a rabbit back out yeah so i mean <laughs> magic trick happening live no <laughs> i don't know tell us what you think about that because that is uh i just literally thought of that and i'm going to think about it more i'm actually making note right now to go back and look at um, that that stuff that goes down with Aegon and, and how when Tyrion gets over to Illyrio, you know, and, and is introduced to young Griff, what all that means. Right. When did that happen? You know, etc. So, all right. Um, so moving ahead here, the 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 dream we've we've talked about, we've set the scene there. Yeah. So and, then we kind of uh, get then we kind of get to the wedding itself. Right. Right. Um, and it, you know. It, 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 Danny is there, and she's sitting very high up with Khal Drogo, and you know she's it's just kind of. Um, I think the show is you kind of I think is almost kind of a better scene of just kind of getting the perspective of what's going on because you see like Viserys talking and you see some other things. Sure. Um, whereas it's just from Daenerys's perspective. Right. We're limited. Yeah. Yeah. In 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 the book. And it's just kind of people are just kind of coming up and giving her presents. Yeah. And um, 
Now, I, I don't know if you're going to make this point, but I want to jump in before you go any further. The uh, just where they were seat, the, where, where they were sitting at. Mm-hmm. You know, it actually is a place of high honor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and where they were sitting, just below the call zone, blood riders. But Viserys is like, you know, ticked about it. So you know, pissed, mm-hmm. uh, irritated that he's sitting below his sister. You yeah, know? yeah. Right here, there was a place. Uh, theirs was a place of high honor, just below the cow's own blood riders. But Danny could see the anger in her brother's lilac eyes. He did not did not like sitting beneath her, and he fumed when slaves offered each dish first to the call and his bride, and served him from the portions they refused. He could do nothing but nurse his resentment, so nurse it he did. His mood growing blacker by the hour at each insult to his person. It's just ridiculous. I mean, like he has no he's he, he's so entitled to just be, you know, that I don't know. It's it's I have no idea how he thinks he's going to win back the seven kingdoms with this type of attitude. And again, he has no mentor. He really has no one else to sort of uh, humble him or give him good counsel. Mm-hmm. So he really hasn't had that. I mean, he was raised a, a, a prince. And so yep. we've talked about the difference between he and Danny. But uh, yeah, anywho. Yeah. Um, and then it goes kind of begin kind of Danny's perspective. There was no one to talk to. Khal Drogo shouted commands and just down to his blood riders and laughed at their replies. But he scarcely glanced at Danny beside him. They had no common language. And so then we get Danny sitting there and she's just kind of talking to herself. Yeah. I'm the blood of the dragon. She sold herself. I am Daenerys Stormborn, Prince of Dragon, Princess of Dragonstone and the blood and seed of Aegon the Conqueror. And I got to say, that is one, since we just did, you know, Aegon's conquest, to to hear her kind of say to herself that she is the seed of Aegon the Conqueror Mm -hmm. is pretty powerful, actually, Mm -hmm. to hear her say that. And to think that the kingdom, that the seven kingdoms were ruled by him, and then she's, they're just so, the way they're cast out is is crazy. They want to hunt down all the Targaryens. Robert Baratheon wants to kill them all. Yeah, he wants there to be no chance of any of them ever coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's weird that like at, at the start, you know, now that we've gone to the end and then back again, I'm like rooting. We are always rooting for for Danny, I guess, from the right. get go. But like, really, when you when you look at it, the, like you said this before, the Targaryens, because of the Mad King, are painted out to be a bad group of people. Yeah, nah, I don't know. You know, yeah. I'm rooting for him. So well, people even people even talk about, and even Robert kind of says later, like, I'm not a good king. Yeah, and you know, like he or he does things that aren't kingly. Yeah, he know? does. Yeah, he does things that aren't, that aren't kingly. When he hits, he hits Cersei later, and you know, things like that. He's like a drunk, and you know, all all that, all that, all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, agreed. Now during this wedding ceremony, they uh, they Danny was prepped for a couple things that would yes. happen. <laughs> uh, they they basically uh, mate one another. Yeah. Um, in a way that is very um, yeah yeah I have it have it pulled up here it? yeah the warriors were watching too one of them finally stepped into the circle grabbed a dancer by the arm pushed her down on the ground and mounted her right there as a stallion mounts the mare Illyrio told her that might happen the Dothraki mate like the animals in their herds there is no privacy in a Kalasar and they do not understand sin or shame as we do wow wow. Yeah, I mean, interesting. I mean, that's some old. That's that's the customs. That's their way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, can we get that in the Bill of Rights? I don't know. Is that Whoa, that's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. I'm just kidding. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, but you know, that that was one of the one of two things that they were that she was mm-hmm. sort of prepped for. You know, that would uh, be kind of like, oh, this is going to be a little. Be be ready when you see this happen because it happens right away. Now, as it's happening, more more of them are are mounting up, right? And then you have uh, a fight breakout. Yeah. 
Right. And she was prepped that if, uh, you know, three or less killings at a, at a, at a wedding uh, is considered a, a boring event. Mm-hmm. And how many does it say there were? Like a dozen? Let me see. Mm-hmm. It actually gives a number. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so her wedding uh, must have been especially blessed. Before the day was over, a dozen men had died. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, they, they get up and they, they fight. It's a pretty graphic little yeah. uh, scene where, where a guy is, is cut open. Um, now, you've been looking into the, the, the weaponry, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, some of their, uh, what do you call it? In, um, the RX. The RX, yeah. Yeah, so actually in the show, it's explained. Um, and this is this is kind of a thing. So one thing I, will, I, want, to, I want to say as, as I've been... Because I just we we just started rewatching some of yeah. these things, getting ready for these, and um, you know, there's a lot of some people complain. Well, this isn't in the sh- you know this isn't in the books, this isn't in the show. But they add context and things like that, and you are allowed you. It tells you kind of what else is happening in the scene because sometimes it'll say in a chapter, well, like like Mance Raider, for example. Well, Mance yeah. Raider was at Winterfell, yeah. During that scene. So we may find something else that happens later where somebody references something to a scene and you can kind of add that in and it may not happen in that specific chapter, yeah. but it may be told about later. And so you can go back. And well, so, that is the whole point for a reread, isn't it? You exactly. Know? Yeah. To go back and like, whoa, you know, like, yeah. like we're thinking about that because like I just mentioned earlier, the Aegon bit, you know, uh, young Griff. Yeah. To think back as we're reading right now and, and know that he is. Where is he at exactly. this point in time? And who is he working with? You exactly. Know? Yeah. So and so anyway, in the show, um, uh, Jorah Mormont is is talking. I can't, I can't remember. He's talking to one of the one of his blood riders, one of the blood riders, yeah. I believe. And he's talking about. The the uh, the Eric, which is kind of that crescent, yeah, uh, sword, and so that has some really uh, that has some cooler, I guess, um, things they're talking about on horseback. It's kind of neat, neat because like I guess like if you want to behead someone, that like curved blade, um, you know, you it's almost it's almost uh, an, it's like a scythe, I guess. You know, you think like a scythe, but it, it just it's got that curved blade, so it allows you to do different things. But he's talking about how against plate. You know, it's not something you could say stab someone with, and that's why you would want more of like a broadsword or like a bastard sword, where it's got that point at the end. So, like, mm-hmm. that's just some of yeah. the differences in in the weaponry. Gotcha. Yeah, that's pretty neat. I, I think it is. It adds to. I mean, we can see it. You know, in our mm-hmm. minds, we start to kind of understand um, that it's a different culture, different way of living, and stuff. And yeah. I, I thought, like you said, the the armor piercing uh, bit with the with with the long sword, right? right. I guess I really hadn't thought too much about the differences and what their their functions would be and, and yeah how, well that's well that's how why you combat one with the ex- other. exactly and when that's why when they actually get into the tactics of things and they say quite a bit that like well if Robert Baratheon like so that they say that the Dothraki would never be able to siege a castle because they don't have mm-hmm. you know yeah. they, don't, they don't have ladders and battering rams right, right. and things like that that you you know use you need different things to siege. Uh, castle but they said in the open field well the dothraki are gonna like wreck you right and even when you even when you go go watch um the last season where they have the battle of the land i guess the lannisters versus daenerys when the dothraki come yeah and you know the lannister army yeah they okay they can put down their their shield wall yeah and their their spears and but once once the Dothraki get through that, then, you know they're like jumping off horseback. And, oh yeah, and, st- oh, yeah. and stuff like that. And th- and they're really skilled archers, right off a of horseback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It's it's the idea too that they're all mounted. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a it's an army of of cavalry. You mm-hmm. know, it's 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 uh, crazy. So um, anywho, uh, let's see here. So so Danny is starting to get kind of nervous. You know uh, about she's thinking ahead to the. Um, 
the, the, the bedding ceremony. ceremony. You know, she's starting to kind of be nervous about that, but she keeps telling herself, I am the blood of the dragon. Um, when at last, you know, the sun was low in the sky, Khal Drogo clapped his hands together, and the drums and the shouting and the feast came to a sudden halt. He stood, he pulled Danny to her feet. It was time for her bride's gifts. Mm-hmm. And these are pretty neat. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so I would say the, the two kind of the big ones, I, I would say, um, well, there's three, I would, I would say there's three very important gifts. Um, Sir Jorah Mormont apologized for his gift. It's a small thing, my princess, but all a poor exile could afford. He said uh, as he laid a small stack of old books before her, they were the histories and songs of the seven kingdoms she saw written in the common tongue. She thanked him with all of her heart. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then I would say kind of the big one here. Uh, Magister Illyrio mummered a command and four burly slaves hur- hurried forward, bearing between them a great cedar chest bound in bronze. When she opened it, she found piles of the finest velvets and damasks the free cities could produce and resting atop nestled in the soft cloth, three huge eggs. Danny gasped. They were the most beautiful things she'd ever seen, each different than the others, pat- patterned and set in such rich colors that at first she thought they were... Uh, crusted with jewels and so large it took both of her hands to hold one. And this is just talking about the eggs and they're slight. Each of them are slightly different uh, dragon eggs from the Shadowlands beyond the Ashai said Magister Illyrio. The eons have turned them to stone yet. They still burn bright with beauty. Yeah. Yeah. But it was pretty neat actually. Um, and it, it mentions that there are more eggs. There's still a just bunch the way of that, that reads is that mm-hmm. there are other eggs. Um, so uh, which is neat. Now, one of the gifts that I, in the beginning, and we sometimes skip over it, but it's just because it was like, air quote here, Viserys gift, not necessarily, but her servants. Which is, yeah, it's just... Which is neat, but they play, the, you. these are characters who you see stick with her, mm-hmm. you know, uh, throughout. So, like, Eri and Jiqui uh, are, are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, they they teach her the, you know, the Dothraki language and, and what have you, so um, yeah. pretty neat. Um, okay, so actually, our cool connection this week is Dragon Eggs. Oh, cool. So I might just go ahead and jump into that, and then we'll get to the rest of the gifts and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so dragon eggs um, here uh, are come in various colors. Judging from the color of Daenerys Targaryen's dragons, the coloring of the eggshell appears to indicate the coloring of the dragon within. Mm-hmm. Um, dragons have been known to lay eggs in a clutch of at least of up to at least five and a dragon may lay several clutches during its lifetime. Um, although it is subject to dragon uh, mating habits is debatable. Now, some masters believe that if a dragon never laid an egg in its lifetime, it must be a male, whether an egg has to be fertilized by a male dragon in order for it to hatch is not known. So there is like, you know, and this is all, this is from the wiki. So this is taken from like everything from yep. anytime they're referenced and um, things like that. When a new member of House Targaryen was born, it is tradition to place a dragon egg in their mm-hmm. cradle. Yeah. And if the dragon hatched, it is considered a sign that the baby was a true Targaryen. If it did not hatch or if the dragon born was weak or it died quickly, it was considered to be a bad omen. The tradition continued even after the last dragon, which is Rhaegar Targaryen, died and the eggs stopped hatching and these dragon eggs were cherished possessions of their owners the last dragon uh, the last targaryen dragon laid a clutch of five eggs what happened to them is not known and um it just kind of goes on a little bit further than that and there then it talks a little bit about attempts to hatch dragon eggs yeah and so after the extinction of the dragons in 153 ac the targaryens made numerous attempts to hat to hatch the dragon eggs left behind king aegon the third 
um, the Dragon's Bane, mm-hmm. sent away for nine mages from Essos and his hand at uh, his hands of a series suggestions. However, the attempt to use their magic to, to kindle a clutch uh, proved um, to be a failure. Then it talks about King Baylor prayed over his eggs mm-hmm. and tried to use sorcery. The tragedy of Summerhall with mm-hmm. uh, egg yep. egg on the fifth attempt to hatch dragons. We don't really know exactly what happened there. Right, right. Exactly. Still may be alive. Theoretically, you may, or you, I just, he may not Whoa. have died there. It <laughs> yeah, says yeah. he died, but we haven't got that far in Duncan egg yet. So I'm still holding out. Okay. Uh, and then, um, it says that uh, Ares the second Mad King tried to hatch some, um, and things like that. So. Right, and we actually w- one of the prizes. You remember this uh, in the in the second um, uh, Blackfire Rebellion mm-hmm. uh, during the Duncan Egg series was a dragon egg, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, they went up to look. They went up to look for it. and It was like stolen, mm-hmm. and and Dunk was in there looking at it. And I think he, as an idiot, was like walking over and wanted to like touch it, didn't he? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that was kind of interesting. Yeah, and then um, in on the on the on the wiki, it actually lists about like uh, I'd say almost twenty known dragon eggs that come up, and just kind of like where they are or maybe what happened to them. Like here, it says like um, Prince uh, Jakari's mm-hmm. uh, Valyrian's egg placed in his cradle is birth by royal decree hatched into the dragon Vermax, and it just kind of goes on. And you know, there's there's some more uh, seven eggs used by King Aegon the Fifth, which is egg at the at a ceremony that caused the tragedy at Summerhall. Mm-hmm. Some of these may have been the unhatched eggs mentioned. And then it shows something. So just so there's just different. So there's eggs. a lot on that page. There's yeah. a lot, and then some of, some of them they reference the color. Some they don't. Um, like Drogon's egg is black as the midnight sea. Uh, Rhaegal's egg deep green. And these are the eggs that uh, Danny gets, and it describes yeah. them in the chapter. Yep. Uh, Viserion's is colored pale cream streaked with gold. Yeah. And one other thing I found. Uh, just doing some research. I don't remember where this is referenced or anything, but some people believe that Drogon is actually a re like uh, is um oh now I'm reincarnation forgetting. reincarnation of uh the Balerian Balerian yeah yeah oh, wow wow due to his like Balerian enormous the black. size yeah. yeah what the dread yeah mm-hmm. holy that'd be that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of cool. Or, I mean, maybe you, since we don't really know which eggs came where and what have you in these clutches, yeah. maybe a descendant. Yeah, right directly. here. A Clash of Kings, Chapter 12, Daenerys 1. Thanks, Wiki. Yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> it kind of breaks yeah. breaks that down. Yeah, yeah. So Nice. And people have paid a lot of attention to the different colorings here and to mm-hmm. see wh- where these eggs might have been. Mm-hmm. You know, because they do describe that egg that's in... Um, uh, Butterwell's place in uh, at his tourney, and mm-hmm. I, I kind of wonder how it fits in. So we can look that up later, maybe, and, yeah, and do some more stuff on follow up Friday with that. And that'd be mm-hmm. kind of cool. So okay, um, yeah. The only other um, wedding gift to sort of get to is Call Drogos. Yeah, uh, and last of all, oh no, ca- I'm sorry. His his blood riders give a get, give a gift, which they traditionally give back. Which yes. she has to give back to um, Call Drogo. Yeah, usually they give weapons. Right. Yes. Yeah. So there's like three three weapons, and so she knows the custom is to is yeah. to uh, regift. Well, and it's important back. later. It actually is way important later because she does she she takes them mm-hmm. and then and then just hands them back to the blood riders because the blood riders are sworn to take if a cow d- dies are sworn to take her to um the, yeah the, uh vase vase yeah yeah, okay. yeah and she like takes them all and she just hands like you know here's the bow here's the and whatever and hands them to the the people when yeah. she's like no i'm pretty much your mm-hmm. you know khaleesi yeah yeah um 
but so yeah so then um the last one and last of all cal drogo brought forth his own bride gift to her and expectant uh hush rippled out of the, uh, from the center of the camp as he left her side growing until it has swallowed the whole Kalisar. when he returned the dense press of the dothraki gift givers parted before him and led the horse to her she was a young filly Spirited and splendid. Danny knew just enough about horses to know that this was no ordinary animal. There was something about her that took the breath away. She was gray as the winter sea with a mane like silver smoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think this is actually one of those things back to, you know, uh, Lady Cat uh, and uh, 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 Maester Jamie mm-hmm. talking about in their last Raven the difference here. Because right There's away. A big, yeah, big difference. Right. Yeah. You start to see, uh, I think. Uh, Cal Drogo is, says something, and, and uh, Illyrio translates it and says um, that he says, silver for the hair, um, silver for the silver of your hair, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is interesting. And Danny thinks it's beautiful. Uh, uh, Jorah uh, gives her, you know, the prompt. Well, this is the cool part is he just like, uh, Cal Drogo just picks her up real easy, puts her on the horse, boom, there you go. And uh, she rides it around for a bit, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and she kind of rides off, and then he kind of, you know, follows her, but they're, you know, more in a... They, mm-hmm. In the show, they still end up kind of in a secluded kind of area. Yeah, in yeah. this one, yeah, she rides for for a little bit and then uh, and comes back, and then it's it's basically it's basically time for the uh, betting ceremony, my mm-hmm. friend. You yeah, know? guys. So uh, for those of you who like the PG thirteen part, uh, thanks for listening. Thank, yeah, right. And because uh, it's about to get, it's about we're about to enter a little segment. I sometimes like to refer to as. Brought to you by George R. R. Martin. Bend the knee after hours. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> uh, for sure. Um, uh, yeah. So, okay. So it starts off, and again, big difference between the show and the book. We kind of talked about this a little bit different last week. Although there are some uh, some things that do kind of happen where he does kind of say no a lot. Where she's like, "Do you know how to speak common tongue?" tongue yeah, stuff right, like that. Right. But it is more of a you know, like Cal Drogo is kind of like, he's like really kind of peaceful. He's not really forceful. No, no, not at all. I mean, one of the things that he says here to start, um, she says to him first, you know, tell, tell Cal Drogo that he has given me the wind. Uh, and then once that's translated, Danny saw her new husband smile for the first mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's pretty genuine. Um, and then there's this idea. It's time to, it's time to get up on the blood rider or I'm sorry. It's time for them to leave. Uh, the ceremony and his blood riders bring forth his horse, which is interesting. It's a lean mm-hmm. red stallion and mm-hmm. hers is this silver white. Mm-hmm. Okay. Again, there's those colors, a fire mm-hmm. song of fire and ice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was kind of interesting mm-hmm. reference small, but yeah, but something. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, she, this is uh, again, she keeps talking about, I am the blood of the dragon. I am the blood of the dragon. And so you know, they kind of, they kind of get off the, they get off the horses. She kind of starts to cry and he says, no, Mm-hmm. But it says here, like he lifted up his hand and rubbed away the tears, you know, roughly with a callous thumb. But he's still, you know, you speak the common tongue. Danny said in wonder. No, he says again. Perhaps he only had that word. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drogo touched her hair lightly, sliding the silver blonde strands between his fingers and murmured softly into Dothraki. Danny didn't understand it. He put a fin- finger under her chin and lifted his head. And she was he was looking into her eyes. Um you know, he takes her like lightly under the arms. Well, one thing that says too is that um, yet there was warmth in his tone. She yes. didn't understand his words, but there was a tenderness that she had not expected from this man. Yeah. Which again is just 
basically uh, exactly what they were talking about in their Raven last week is that yeah. it's very, very, very different. Yeah. And you can tell he does care. He does want to be intimate. Yeah. You know, I uh, mean, still to be fair, like she is clearly still in a situation that she does not feel comfortable with. Yeah. It's an arranged marriage. Yeah. yeah it's an arranged marriage that she was forced into. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, you could still call it. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean. We're like, talking about his. Yeah, we're we're more talking about his character. The, yeah, there's a yeah, the, but there's a huge difference between the book and the because at the end in the in in this, okay, she's kind of into it at least. Whereas in the show, it's pretty much just rape. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um. Um. But right, the same so kind of thing. So she, um, you know, she kind of like she's kind of undresses him, like takes out the you know help with braid. the braids mm-hmm. yep, yep. and his hair. Um, and stuff like that. And then, you know, he kind of undresses her. Right. And uh, same kind of, kind of thing. Yeah, but here, I mean, even the, the, the description, which I think we were going to read some of this, you know. <clears throat> um, yeah, you want me to... Uh, well, you know, I'll, yeah, I think you we're, should. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're gonna, <clears throat> yeah, here we, here so we we're, go. So we're taking this from PG-13 to rated yeah, R, Yeah, it's, it's rated R here, so. <laughs> it took a long time. And while he sat there silently watching her... When she was done, he shook his head, and his hair spread out behind him like a river of darkness, oil and gleaming. She had never seen hair so long, so black, so thick. (laughs) Then it was his turn. He began to undress her. His fingers were deft and strangely tender. He removed her silks one by one, carefully while Danny sat unmoving, silent, looking at his eyes. When he bared her small breasts, she could not help herself. She averted her eyes and covered herself with her hands. No, Drogo said. He pulled her hands away from her breast gently but firmly, then lifted her face to make him, to make her look at him again. No, he repeated. No, she echoed back at him. He stood her up and then pulled her close to remove her la- the last of her silks. The night air was chilly on her bare skin. She shivered and goose flesh covered her arms and legs. She was afraid of what might come next. But for a while, nothing happened. Cal Drogo sat with his legs crossed, looking at her, drinking in her body with his eyes. It's well described. I just want to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, can we say that? Are oh, we, I'm not are, done. Are, are, okay. <clears throat> After a while, he began to touch her, lightly at first, then harder. She could sense the fierce strength in his hands, but he never hurt her. He held her hand in his own and brushed her fingers one by one. He ran a hand gently down her leg. He stroked her face, tracing the curve of her ears, running a finger gently around her mouth. He put both hands in her hair and combed it with his fingers. He turned her around, massaged her shoulders, slid a knuckle down the path of her spine. It seemed as if hours passed before his hands finally went to her breasts. He stroked the soft skin under until it tingled. He circled her he circled her nipples with his thumbs, pinched them between thumb and forefinger, then began to pull at her, very lightly at first, then more intensely, until her nipples stiffened and began to ache. He stopped then and drew her closer and uh, drew her down on his lap. Danny was flushed and breathless, her heart fluttering in her chest. He cupped her face with his huge hands, and she looked into his eyes. No, he said, as she knew it was a question. She took his hand and moved it down to the wetness between her thighs. 
Yes, she whispered as she put his fingers inside her. <laughs> Let me just ask you a question. Let me just ask you a quick question, okay? Was Gur bouncy when he was writing this? I think he was. I think he was, <laughs> think he was Let me ask you a question. Okay. It does not... It sounds like Khal Drogo's done this before. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Boy, he had her relaxed. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, just... Yeah. I could go for a good massage right now myself, you know? Mm-hmm. There is consent at the end there. Okay. So... <laughs> okay. Just going to say, yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was fun. Yeah. That was fun. Well was done, fun. my friend. Good hey, yeah, no. Um, so, so that was the end. We read you right to, uh, to the end of the chapter there, but um, I think that was that was worth it, you know? Yeah, and again, you know, some... I think the biggest... Uh, you know, the biggest takeaway, and I think... I think this is another reason we kind of talked about it last week. I think this is another reason why they did it maybe slightly differently in the show mm-hmm. um, where so Danny does, you know, kind of like him here. Uh, and I think it just made more sense. It's like when you only have so much time in the show, it seems weird. It's like we're going to we're going to show it like this. And then she kind of learns. Yeah, because that it's not that that doesn't happen. That because she does love does, him. That, she does. She does grow to love him in the show. Right, and even right now, I wouldn't call this love by either. They're both just. It's a. They're still courting each other, even though mm-hmm. they've been wed. Right. Mm-hmm. They're 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 still court. This is the first interaction they've ever had, mm-hmm. and so you can imagine this is what he would do to sort of win her over. Mm-hmm. Right, because it's, it's what he wants. Well, he his, chose her exactly. He did have to choose her. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's one thing we don't really get is 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 Cal Drogo's character because he's told through the eyes of Daenerys. Yes. Is that Cal Drogo also has very big ambitions. Yeah. Like he's never lost. Right, and, right. you know, he's the first Cal to say like, oh, I will go across the narrow sea isn't he and like conquer 20, the seven kingdoms. Isn't he like 27? Yeah. Okay. Which is interesting. That's same age. Aegon. Yeah. Aegon. Right. Mm-hmm. And he, he's got that, he's got that itch to go, mm-hmm. you know, conquer something. Right. right? And he, he calls his son, he even calls his son, like my son is the stallion who right. will mount the world. So not him. Right. No, no. Yeah. He, he wanted a son and he was really, you know, it, it would be neat. It's almost like a midnight sun twilight reference uh-huh. here. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. getting the perspective of, of Khal Drogo uh, would be interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for sure. So, all right, guys. So that's, okay, guys. Uh, that's kind of it because we hit up our cool connection. So, do yeah. we have a raven? Uh, we do. Yeah. So let's let's dive into this here. We got a raven recently, um, and let me see who this is from here because I have the raven itself. Uh, by the way, tell them where they can send us a a raven at. Uh, yeah, hit us up on Facebook. You can hit us up on iTunes or on our Gmail, which is uh, btkcast at gmail dot com, or send us a uh, phone message. I think you have about three minutes. Yep. Six one four five four seven two three five zero. Awesome. Uh, this was sent by uh, Clinton Clinton L. So okay. we'll leave it there. Um, he says you mentioned the Night King and how in the show he doesn't have a background at all. But you were so close to talking about the history of the Starks and the magical cold woman and the man who had no fear. And this fearless Stark declares this cold woman his queen and he her king. And what if? And he says, I don't know. What if? Uh, but I thought, he says he doesn't really know what if. But, right, yeah. You know, but, 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 he, but he thought that uh, uh, we were getting close there and that you didn't mention... Um, you know, what really happened to the cold woman. And he kind of wonders, I guess, what does happen there? If we have any speculations or thoughts on that, just started listening today. Great job. The, 
the cold woman is that the woman that the Night's Watch commander goes after? She's like the female White Walker, the thirteenth Lord Commander of the I, Night's I Watch. I believe I think that's yep. What do you what he's talking about? Yeah. So yeah. Um, um, there are theories that she is buried in the crypts of Winterfell, and that she, uh, part because they talk about how part of the crypts are sealed. Okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, actually, if you go look at Talking Thrones, um, breakdown for the like. They're called a plot leak of season eight, but I believe it's more of just some crazy fan theory um, that the Night King, you know, who's going to march on Winterfell mm-hmm. actually goes down to the crypts at some point. And uh, that's kind of, you know, that's that's kind of thing. And they talk about they, there's there's a lot of speculation as to why was Winterfell built on a hot spring? Was it just for, you know, purposes or some people say like it's built in a hot spring to potentially um, you know, lessen the power of maybe, you know, that woman, if she is buried in the crypts and all of those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, this is one we're going to have to, to come back, uh, to and and, and dive deeper into. And I think we should make a note of it and, and honestly follow, use it in follow up Friday. Um, because good. Well, I will say we actually, we did a YouTube video kind of on the night King. There was a theory we watched Right. There was a theory we watched about it um, was is the Night King called Jon Snow? It's kind of like saying Voldemort. It was a theory that someone else had covered and someone had asked us. Right. Sent us a link to it and watched it. And in that guy's original theory, I cannot remember, but I know we reference it in our video. He mentions that a lot of people believe that the cold woman or the you know White Walker female that the the Night's Watch commander you know leaves and becomes the Night King is that she is. Uh, I cannot remember her name, but essentially the woman that Azora High was stabs. Oh, really? Yeah, and that uh, to create, you know, become Azora High. There's some people who believe. Uh, Nisa, oh, I got you, Nisa, Nisa, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was just kind of. Yep. No, you're right. Yeah, I, I have heard that. Yes, and we we talked about that in the in the YouTube video um, that that we have up. So yeah, you guys should definitely check that out. Um, one thing that I think the the only thing that I know about this is that they. It's just the way they talk about her, her skin color and her, um, how cold she was, right? Um, I guess I think the quote. I'm trying to find a quote here from it. I think it's. Let's see later. There it is. Um, he fell in love with a woman with skin as white as the moon and eyes like blue stars. He chased her and loved her, um, though her skin was cold as ice. And then it goes on to say that eventually, once he, you know, gives her his uh, his seed, in a sense, they come back to the Night Fort. Um, and they rule there as mm-hmm. king and queen. Yeah. And this is, again, the 13th, um, you commander, know, commander yeah. of the Night's uh, Watch. Yeah. Now, real Night, quickly. Night, the Night King's corpse queen is, corpse if you queen. want to wiki it. Okay. Um, cool. Now, I think, you know, we had talked about what happens to Blood Raven when he goes beyond the wall. I think this is something similar to that, right? It's, Could it's be. The, it's the idea that uh, um, these... Walkers or whites or others, you uh, are mm-hmm. uh, able to manipulate and, and convince, you know, yeah. these these uh, men to do these things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll read the. I have the uh, quote pulled up here. This is from the wiki. This is a Storm of Swords, Chapter Fifty Six, Bran uh, Four. A woman was his downfall. A woman glimpsed from atop the wall with skin as white as the moon. You said that. Um, fearing nothing, he chased her and caught her, and he loved her, though her skin was as cold as ice. And when he gave his seed to her, he gave her his soul as well. Uh, he brought her back to the night fort and proclaimed her as queen and king. One of the strange uh, sorceries, he bound his sworn brothers to his will. Yeah. 
But so some sorcery going on there, right? Mm-hmm. For yeah. sure. Um, so there's the, and actually the wiki does link you to some some fan theories. Yeah. Um, with her and the others, and and like Matt had said, the Night King's corpse queen. Um, so yeah, and I uh, here's the thing. I think this is another thing that could be in the books and explain a lot more about the Night's King. I do not think even if this is actually the end game for Night Night's King and how that kind of story goes, I do not think at all that it will be done in the show. Oh really? Yeah. Although oh, I don't no, know. You're right. Yeah. I mean, they're gonna have to explain. I hope some motivation for the Night's King and the, uh, the White Walkers. This is up, you know, next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe they do, and it's like a real short thing. But I, it, I think it'd be a lot to do in such a limited time. Yeah, I think so too, for sure. So. Um, well, hey, uh, when we post the link on on Facebook, uh, hit us up and and see if you guys are listening. Do some research on that, maybe, and and uh, let us know what you think about uh, the Corpse Queen. You know, for mm-hmm. the thirteenth. Uh, Commander of the Night's Watch. Uh, interesting that they do come back and and, and and rule and are able to persuade and convince all their brother. That's mm-hmm. a pretty big you know deal. Thing, something that had to be put down by the Stark and Winterfell. Yeah, you know. So, so there's that. Um, all right, and that's the uh, our Raven of the week there. And uh, you can send those again to btkcast at uh, gmail dot com, my friends. Now we do it. We did have some other Ravens, but we are saving those for follow up Friday. Friday. Uh, and uh, please, uh, this will be posted on Monday. We won't record follow-up Friday until Thursday, late Thursday night. Right. Uh, so. And so we can post it right away, get as many comments in as, as we as we can, and uh, post that Friday for you guys. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, and uh, real quick, a big help to us to almost help more guarantee that you'll see it in follow-up Friday. Uh, make the subject follow-up Friday. Yeah, that would be great. That would be great because we get a lot of emails um, – just from new people and patrons sure. and stuff like that. And so that, if you really want it to see it, uh, email us at btkcast at gmail.com and say in the subject, follow up Friday question. Right. That would be great. Even if you post it on Facebook somewhere, you want to copy and paste it. Yeah. Or if you do post on the thread, um, it's fine. Just title it follow up Friday question. Exactly. Yeah. Cause we'll, we'll usually post the links. They send us a Raven. Yeah. Follow up Friday. I even do a yeah. control find search and I just mm-hmm. look for, uh, I can look for that pretty easily, so that would be great. Now, if you have recap stuff and you want to talk about things that happened in the chapter in the reread, uh, or, you know, um, again, that's stuff that we can do in follow-up Friday, but if you want something to be discussed in the recap, Absolutely. that works as well, too. So if we if we, if we we field it after Friday, then that will get into the next episode. So mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, guys, uh, let's see here. Uh, thanks so much. So we uh, joined the uh, – we need to man, man the wall. The, man the wall. Right. Uh, again, Matt and I are working towards that trial by uh, combat. And <sighs> yeah, we, and we uh, legitimately though have people now who can help us forge our armor. Absolutely. Um, and we have, and we have, and here's the thing: is we have been getting a lot of patrons uh, lately, and we have a lot of patron content. We actually uh, have a patron episode we're gonna get going after we record this. Right, meat, meat, and cheese, man. Yeah, another, yeah, three. another meat, meat, and cheese episode three. Black Council is coming soon. Black Council. We are literally deep in and working on that, and that is coming. Um, yeah. By like like June first. Mm-hmm. I mean, it should be out by June. Yeah, 1st. we have we actually have some very big theories that we have not seen a lot of people cover. And Sir Ezra and I have just we just thought of one today. Uh huh. Yep. And it's, I don't even want to mention it because I'm afraid someone's going to go do it. Gonna, somebody's somebody's <laughs> like, going to somebody's going to steal it. But so that's another thing. If there's very specific theories you guys want us to cover, um, I believe Lady uh, Kelsey. Sent me one today, a Hodor yes, theory. She did, so, yeah. yep. So that's well. We have one. one too. One of the ravens that we saved, which sometimes the ravens are so good. Um, it was uh, Samuel Juniper sent us a theory that mm-hmm. a, a Night's Watch theory that is so awesome and full of goodness that it almost would be a whole episode. 
you know, mm-hmm. so we'll see how that goes. So, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I will say we got a, we got a new, we got a couple new patrons. Um, uh, and so one, I want to get, I want to get to right here. Uh, actually just, uh, been <laughs> kind of messaging as we've been recording here. I am Jared of house Gebhardt, a very small house in the North. We have supported the Starks since the dawn of the age of heroes. We ask not for much and we take very little. However, when called upon our banners, a brown bear on a red field will fly for the Starks. We may not be a large house, but we are a fierce one and we will give all we have to the old gods and the Starks. Wow. Yeah. Let's go. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it seems, um, seems like he and uh, Lord Adam Parker might be some good friends, bannermen, and liege lords to the Starks. So, you know, That's the, what I'm talking about. Now, yeah. I'm starting to see somebody. I'm, I'm, we're to their liege to, lords, the Starks. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, and we, uh, the, the Google Doc, by the way, we also have a couple more. Lady Lauren, uh, mm-hmm. who's, who's hit us up and taken the black, uh, again, can call in and absolutely. give her, um, you know, um, Night's Night's Vows, Vows, and we'll get your sigil going. So. Right, we'll get that going. We've also got uh, House uh, Roth, I believe, Lady Morgan, mm-hmm. um, and and so it, it's been it's been this is this is neat. This is what we love. we love great in the community. Absolutely. Um, now Matt and I did say we kind of made an executive decision. We are going to uh, each week, you know, we kind of plug uh, one of our patrons at the beginning of the show. Right. We might start to alternate that and actually start the show off with. Um, you know, our knighting, a knighting ceremony. Absolutely. Which I think we're just going to read what we have in the book. Uh, we actually, there's two different variations we can do. Uh-huh. I like one, Matt likes one, so we might do it a little differently uh-huh. each time because I think that's fair. I think that's yep. something that, that happens in the books. Yeah, and if there's something, say, custom or specific you want to do, just hit us up and we'll see We'll see what we can do. I know we have one very kind of custom oh, yeah. specific one we want to do. Yeah, so. we do. Yeah, yeah so. we do. So, so anyways, that will be fun and... Uh, I just can't wait to, to get all that stuff rolling. So next week you should have uh, your first uh, uh, nighting ceremony to listen to. Absolutely. So, all right, guys. Well, it is time to say farewell. We want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. Our next episode will be Chapter 12, Eddard 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, or leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. And I do want to mention that leaving us a review on iTunes is uh, thank you for everyone who has done that. We've seen a few more recently and those really do help the show a lot it is an easy free way to help the show we will see you in a week and remember that winter is coming